0: The following audio was originally recorded live and broadcast to the facilities of Trent Radio on February 25th, 2020. As always, I'm Justin Evangelo. This is Disenabled, the show where we enable people with physical disabilities. Happy, as always, to be behind the mic. But I won't be for much longer today because I've got a pre-recorded segment with a good friend of mine. Her name is Pam Anderson. I will reintroduce her in the pre-recorded segment. And she caught up with me and I caught up with her to talk about her experiences as a child and all throughout her life. Living with polio. So I hope you enjoy. It's about a 20-minute conversation. And I really like this one because she has such a can-do attitude. And uh, she's she's 70 years old. And I can't get over just how confident she is in herself and her ability, even having a physical disability. So enjoy. And if there's time, I'll comment on uh, on a few things she said. Here we go. I'm here with my good friend, Pam Anderson, um, who's also a really good friend of my nan's. They've known each other for a while. Pam, good to have you on today. Thank Thank you so much. What's your physical disability? This is a really interesting discussion, I think, because I've never met someone who has the same one as you.
1: I had polio when I was three years old. And when you have polio, you're paralyzed for a while. I was in an iron lung for a while and then it leaves part of your body weaker than the rest mine affected my arms and my upper body most people it's their lower extremities
0: i understand that there was actually a vaccine um, back about 40 50 years ago that you could receive in order to avoid getting polio Uh, i was told that it wasn't 100 percent, though did you ever receive the vaccine
1: I had polio when I was 3 years old. The vaccine came out when I in when I was 5.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> unfortunate.
1: Because there was such an outbreak in 53, such an epidemic. I mean, I know four kids on our street had had it that then they started looking for a vaccine.
0: Right. Okay, so it just came 2 years after. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you missed you missed the boat. I did. <laughs> Now, does polio develop? I'm not sure how much you actually know, but having it for such a long time, I imagine you've done a little bit of research on it, having to deal with a good chunk of your life. How does it go about developing? You don't automatically get it at three years old, do you?
1: No, it was a virus or something that was going around. And I think they now say it was from water. And of course, we all drank out of the hose and stuff like that. Right. So... And then they, when you're, when you're in the iron lung and you're paralyzed in that, um, and then they came to time when they wanted to operate and do muscle transplants and things like that. So I was in sick kids for about six months. Wow. And then I was transferred to, um, where was it? I can't remember right now. And that's where they did most of the exercises. And they told us when we, my parents, I didn't remember a lot from three, that we had to use it or lose it. So we exercised and exercised and they did therapy and therapy and that. And then um, as we got older, into our 40s, we started getting weaker faster, we all age, but we started getting weaker faster and um, they told us, stop using it, or else you won't be able to even feed yourself when you're 70. Wow. And that's called post-polio syndrome.
0: Don't be shy, Nan. You can you can come on here, too. My grandmother's in the room with us. This is mm-hmm. pre-recorded. Well,
1: the name that she was trying to remember was Thistletown. Thistletown.
0: Okay. Oh, is that where you were transferred? Yes. Okay. Interesting name. That's kind of cute. Reminds me of like Christmas or something like and that.
1: And then it became, um, there's a polio clinic there. For us older people to go to to be um analyzed and see what's going on and how much weaker we are getting but i believe now it's a hospital for um uh, for rehabilitation no that's six months too
0: that's um that's refreshing to hear because not i can tell you right now not a lot of people think about people who have polio um sadly because they think like i do naively oh there was a vaccine that's taken care of we're done um, sadly, that's that's not the case for a lot of people. Rehabilitatively, what exercises would they have you do when you were younger?
1: A lot of water exercises, because you're buoyant in the water. Mm-hmm. And I remember the great big steel tubs they put you in, and they did a lot of water exercises. Because you. Can, I can't reach my arms up above to do my hair, yep. even. Yeah. So they just tried, but they also I also had a brace I was supposed to wear, but my mom didn't like it, so I never got to wear it. So and I wish I had a it.
0: Why, why was that? Why didn't she want you to?
1: I don't know. She just said I made a fuss putting it on. I was three. I don't remember. <laughs> I probably did.
0: <laughs> As you grew older and the field of medicine became much more advanced in understanding what polio was and how best to treat it, can you explain why they said don't use it, otherwise you're not going to be able to feed yourself?
1: Because we're going back, um, your muscles are getting weaker again. They did not, okay, this is just my opinion, but I don't think they did enough research. We had polio and we were the forgotten bunch. It's unfortunate. Yes. And we get weaker now as we get older. I have a friend had at the same time as I did, he had several operations, I only had one. And um, he now has to be in a wheelchair all the time. Wow. And he was a professor at Humber College. I mean, we were all overachievers, you know, everybody told me I would never drive a car. Well, did it. I would never type, did it.
0: You know, when you you have
1: a disability, that middle word is ability.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly mm-hmm. on that one. That's uh, really inspiring because not a lot of people put it into perspective like that, and I really appreciate that you do or mm-hmm. have a view on that. That's, I imagine, one of the main thing that things that's kept you going for as long as you have. Yes. So as you were growing up through your teens into your 20s, was life... Difficult, or did you learn how to adapt fairly quickly?
1: Um, um, I learned to adapt. I was one of these people that was, I was going to do it no matter what anybody said. However, I think in my teens, I became very bitter. Um, it was hard going to high school. I could never take physette and, or write on the blackboard. And uh, a lot of teens made fun of me. So I had my special group of friends. <laughs> we all do.
0: It's it's good. We're, how supportive was your well your special group of friends? The way you, you talk about them or mention them, it sounds like they were instrumental in keeping you sane
1: mm-hmm.
0: from lashing out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they were male and female friends. And it was like I was no different than anybody else to them. And, you know, if I couldn't do something, they would just step in and do it without even questioning. Um, They didn't even... treat They treated me no different than anybody else, but other people did, so they weren't worth it. That's (laughs) how I feel. I'm sorry.
0: No, that's... uh, I I like confidence in people who are able to back up their opinions. Going forward, then, did you find... going through your twenties into your thirties, starting to search for employment even in your, your mid-teens, would people turn you away because of this disability?
1: Well, wow, that's a tough one. I don't think they ever did. Um, I started working when I was eighteen at uh, Life, and no, I was never put, I could type. So, you know, you have to be a secretary in those days, you didn't have a lot of options, but um, I was a good secretary. I worked, my final job was working at a high school for the board of education, so no, I don't think they turned me away for that. I think most of them saw my abilities.
0: Well, that's refreshing because a lot of employers sadly don't.
1: I know, I do know that. Um, and if I see, um, there's a coffee shop where they have a challenged young man in there, and uh, I will, I have said to the owner, Thank you, thank you for giving this young man a job you know because a lot of employers now don't
0: or if they do there's a huge scandal in taking advantage of them by abusing them working them unfairly not paying them equally and a bunch of other highly illegal and shady activity but if all is going well there and he enjoys his job i uh that's that's terrific i mean hey if employers are Coming around to that, I find it's the smaller ones that don't take advantage, which is...
1: Really yes, refreshing. yes. And, and you know, we have um, a lot of abilities in different ways.
0: This is for sure. hmm In your everyday life, when you weren't on the job, what was most challenging for you get, getting along as you learned to adapt to polio?
1: Okay. Um... Not being able, watching my friends and that go out, and my sister was one of them, ice skating and playing tennis and playing this. And I was always one who wanted to do those things that couldn't. In my everyday life now, it's getting that I can hard, well, the first shelf in my cupboard is what I can reach. And it's challenging now just doing the groceries and carrying them and things like that, because it's far worse than it was.
0: In in saying that then, because the doctors told you to to watch out how much energy you exert, Mm -hmm. is there different ways they Mm -hmm. specifically told you to manage your expulsion of energy down the stretch?
1: Yes, and of course I'm not one of them to do this, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, they want you to have rest periods where you go and you lie down for maybe half an hour or so just to conserve your strength. And I'm not one to do that, I just keep going.
0: So you're going against doctor's advice?
1: Well, no, I did have to quit work when I was 40. Okay. I did that and that was a big adjustment because you strive to work all your life and it was just a big adjustment. But I'm okay, i adjusted.
0: What would you do because, as you said before, we're flip-flopping back and forth between two timelines that are kind of come to a head here. When you were younger, you saw your sister going out, uh, doing all these physical activities. How would you fill your time then? What would you do instead, alternatively?
1: Uh-huh. I had a younger brother. He's nine years younger than me.
0: Okay.
1: So I was kind of like with him most of the time, played with him and things like that. Yes.
0: What specifically would you do together to pass the
1: time? Oh, we play with cards and we play games and we'd do things like that. I have nieces and nephews that I've always done things with, like, you know... Go to the fair and this and that and the other thing. Always take care of them. I have no children of my own, but I don't think I could have managed quite well.
0: As you grew into your, your 20s and 30s,
1: mm-hmm.
0: w- did this affect your ability to find a partner in any way? No. No? Okay.
1: I love dancing. Oh, I love
0: it. <laughs> because, well, like you said before, it affected your your upper half not so much your lower right no. so it was it's it was it was by choice that you chose not to have a family or was it just one of those things
1: no.
0: you said you didn't think you'd be able to manage but was that recommended by a medical professional or was that a a personal choice that of was a that was personal was choice based around the the disability or other external factors
1: Not based upon the disability. I have a hard time holding babies, and someone has to put the baby in my arms for me to hold them, even my little nieces and nephews now. So I would always be afraid that I might do something.
0: If you had to give advice to others who sadly were not to receive the vaccine in time, you grew up with at least three others off Mm -hmm. of your street. Mm Mm-hmm. First of all, let me uh, let me preface this by asking, did you guys pal around together? Yes. Okay.
1: And the Rotary Club were absolutely the most wonderful people in the world. Every Christmas, they had a great big Christmas party, and all of us were picked up, and we had a a, a person that was assigned to us, and um, he used to drive up in this great big Cadillac, and I thought I was just the richest kid in the world, <laughs> and uh, they they were great. If we needed something they would absolutely help
0: so they okay that's that's great to see the support group yes so what advice did you give each other even though you were young or did you just simply take it for granted and bounce off one another as you were learning to adapt to the disability
1: um, we just used to say, Yes, we can do this. There was nothing stopping us. We were gonna do it. We we were normal. We just did it. Um the one friend he used to play hockey. And I mean he's had six operations on his legs. I only had one operation. Wow. Yeah, he used to he used to be the goalie. That was the best job for him. <laughs> you know, and we just drive to be normal we really did we didn't a lot of people i know go and hide in the corner and and say i can't but can't was never in our vocabulary
0: it's a great mindset to have Mm
1: -hmm.
0: was there a particularly instrumental family member or a, a group of family members who encouraged you to keep that mindset throughout your the entirety of your life my father Okay. Mm -hmm. How would he do this? (laughs) What do you...
1: Okay, he used to always say to me, try to do it. And if you can't do it, you know you can't. And he would always say, try first. Never don't try. And he was always there to support me. Anything I needed, he was always there to support me.
0: How do you think that's influenced you now? I mean, I, obviously, oh, I can goodness. I can see it after talking to you for and, and knowing you for a couple of years. <laughs> um,
1: Very much so. It has. My father was the biggest influence in my whole life. I had some aunt and sons and uncles that were pretty influential too. I must admit, they would always say, "You can do it. Just try it."
0: Would any of them, not exactly? rip on you, I guess is the slang way of putting on it or chastise you for not being able to do it or use it against you. They would never. Never, Okay, good. good. Never.
1: Never. I was special to a lot of people.
0: (laughs) How have you gone about passing on this attitude to others then?
1: I have a, this just came up recently, I have a cousin in England and uh, there's a lot of controversy. I don't know, I don't follow it too much on um, getting vaccinated and she was telling me on the internet that she didn't think she was going to get her kids vaccinated. And all I said to her was, do not sentence your children to what I've had to live. I know there's a risk, but there's a risk with everything in life. And, you know, I saw a program once, and I'm going to just tell you the short story, and it was a, in Africa. And, there was a polio outbreak. This was maybe 10 years ago. This man was carrying his daughter and she was just limp. And I thought, why wouldn't you get her vaccinated to prevent that? If we could find a cure for cancer for children, I'd be happy to. It's not just polio.
0: Wouldn't a lot of people. Yes. Is there anything I missed, any last remarks, any areas of interest that you'd love to discuss briefly that I didn't talk about with you?
1: No, not really. It's just for people out there to just try as hard as they can.
0: I think you just summed it up perfectly. I've got no response for that one. (laughs) Pam Anderson, everybody, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and driving. To get here. That's okay. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. This will be a great one to put over the waves and educate, maybe inspire a few people who may be listening. Thank
1: you. That would be nice.
0: Pam Anderson, everybody. Beautiful stuff. She is definitely a go-getter, and I love the fact that in that conversation she said in the word, disability is the word ability. Not a lot of people, especially... Not to pick on seniors, 65 plus, have that mindset, and she's one of the greatest, most amazing go-getters I've ever seen. You tell her no, and she keeps running at the brick wall of no and butting her head against it saying, really? Try me. So, Pam, I really hope you're listening. Terrific. Thank you so much for that conversation. I was actually flying by the seat of my pants for that conversation. Pam doesn't know this, but I was actually scrambling in order to put that together. So I think it uh, turned out all right, given the circumstances. Before I sign off here, I've got a couple minutes, I'd love to thank a couple more people. First, my grandmother for facilitating this interview. Big shout out to her. Contacting Pam, getting a hold of her, not getting her voicemail. And setting up the real-time, face-to-face conversation. I appreciate that so much. And thank you, as always, for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it. If you enjoy the podcast as a whole, don't forget to subscribe to it. Leave a review, rate it, all that good stuff. I want to clarify something also right quick before I sign off. The reason why, at the beginning of each archived episode that aired on Trent Radio, I say when it was broadcast, is just to give whoever's listening context about when it was released, sort of to indicate the relevance of a specified topic of an episode. So that's why. It has nothing to do... I'm, I'm not required to say it or anything like that. It's just for, for clarity and context. And... Um, with future content that's original to the podcast that has not seen any action on trent radio i will obviously do my regular intro of i'm justin evangelo this is this Enabled, the podcast where we enable people with physical disabilities just for clarity's sake in case any of you were wondering If you would like to get in touch with me or involve yourself more in the podcast content and disability content creation as a whole, check out the Disenabled Facebook page. I post frequently and often about all things disability. You can also message me there, or you can hit me up to talk all things about the podcast, criticisms, comments, suggestions, what have you, at disenabled.podcast at gmail.com. Everything I just listed off will be in the episode's show notes. As always, until next time, cheers.